hello and welcome back to Haddington Shire Histories. In this episode, we get to listen to Dr. Claire Pennell, who is the Collections Officer of East Lothian Museum Service. Claire speaks about some of her favourite items in the museum collection and how these items are stored and looked after. So let's find out about Claire's favourite items that we would stumble upon if we happen to spend a night at the museum. Hi, Claire. Uh, Welcome to Haddington Shire Histories. And thank you so much for making time to come and chat with me about items in the East Lothian Museum service collection. Uh, First of all, uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about your very interesting and accomplished background? Thank you, Hanita. Um, Thank you for inviting me. First of all, thank you for inviting me to come and talk to you today. Um, So uh, my background is quite varied. Originally, I trained as a nurse. And it was while I was working and travelling abroad in Australia that I decided I wanted to study zoology. So I actually came and studied zoology at Edinburgh University. And while I was there, as my undergraduate dissertation, I used museum collections. Following on from that, I used museum collections for my doctorate at the University of Glasgow. And that's how I got into museum work. And my first job was at the National Museum Scotland in Chambers Street in the invertebrate biology section. Wow. So that was really interesting. And then I moved here 10 years ago to manage the collection for East Lothian Museum Service. That's excellent. Thank you. But I also know that you've been um, involved uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, you know, with the NHS uh, and helping out. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I've carried on nursing. I never stopped really for a particularly long period of time and uh, with the pandemic I answered the call to come back and help out so I've been working for NHS Lothian as a vaccinator. That's amazing. Thank you. That's very good work. It's great fun actually the vaccination clinics are very happy places. Yes especially when they first started because it was the first time people were really coming out and they were able to meet their friends in a safe space (laughs) and have a lovely chat. Yes, I noticed it, when I went to get vaccinated, it was quite a sociable place. Yeah, it yeah, was. It's yeah. really nice. And you and you form, uh, or rather you have conversations with strangers and it's perfectly, yeah. well, it's like you've known each other for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I see what lovely. you mean. Mm-hmm. So, Claire, um, what are the items uh, that the museum service holds and where do they come from and how do you look after them? Mm. So uh, the museum collection is very varied. So it was quite a steep learning curve for me, coming from looking after natural history to a local authority museum collection, which is very wide-ranging. Um, I had to, learn, had to learn a lot about lots of different types of objects. Uh, the museum collection here encompasses objects basically from A to Z, from archaeology to zoology. And the majority of the collection is social history items uh-huh. and local to East Lothian. We have a collections policy which helps us decide whether or not something comes into the collection and it has to have particular uh, provenance of being used or made in East Lothian and of being of heritage value to the people of East Lothian. So for example, uh, we wouldn't take singer sewing machines anymore 
every local authority collection has at least two or three singer sewing machines. And in people's uh, garages as well. Exactly. Yeah. So now we, we are careful as to what we take in. Um, but so our, we have a large natural history collection that originally began with the, uh, Dr Richardson in North Berwick with lots of Victorian taxidermy. And then we have added to that more recently with um, a collection that the rangers use. And these stuffed animals will go out to schools with the rangers uh, for educational purposes and for uh, festivals, for example, the Big Nature Festival mm -hmm. a few years ago. Um, we also have a large collection of fine art, most of which are photographed and are on our website and the Art UK website. Yes. We also have costume. We have we have a small collection of paleontology, uh -huh. geology, and as I said, lots of social history. So that would encompass ceramics, for example, glass, related to the industrial heritage of the area. Wow, that's that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So um, because it's a mixed collection, the um, and most of it is stored in the museum store, which is like a big warehouse, really, with lots of racking of various types to hold the various objects. Um, I make sure that the temperature and the humidity levels in, in there are pretty stable and are set at a uh, museum-defined range. Mm -hmm. If we have a large photographic collection come in, we would likely now transfer that down to the John Gray Centre yes. to archives because the um, photographs need a particular uh, lower uh, uh, relative humidity and lower temperature. I see. And are better cared for here. Yes, and ultimately digitised. Yes, yeah. so we work closely with archives and local history and chat to each other about collections because often a collection that comes in isn't just objects as such, 3D objects. There might be lots of documents and photographs with something as well. So we link the collections together Absolutely. and store them in different, in the most appropriate places. Absolutely. And um, I think both archives and local history uh, sometimes borrow objects or items from the museum whenever um, they do a particular display or, mm -hmm. or exhibition. Uh, I remember borrowing some of the ceramics um, when I did a display on International Women's Day um, highlighting the women of East Lothian and particularly the SWRI and their Mary pottery. Mm, I remember borrowing that right. from the museum. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. Lovely pottery. In your time as collections uh, officer thus far, Claire, has there been a particular theme or, or, or an exhibition that you especially enjoyed working on? Mm, yeah, well, when I first started, uh, just before the John Gray Centre opened, I was asked to do a case. And I chose to do a, a personal view case, one of the smaller cases that we have towards the temporary gallery and because of my nursing history I chose a local East Lothian nurse who had worked in World War One and did a case all about her because we have her costume and all of her medals and she was nurse Annie Young is her name and so I did a case about her so I really enjoyed doing that um, and then more recently I loved working on the Treprane treasure exhibition and that came about because when I first started here and learnt of the Traprain silver being found 
entrepreneur law. Um, I thought that would be so good to get that here for a while. And as I had to learn lots of new subjects, I did archaeology training courses run by National Museum Scotland. Wow. They have a knowledge exchange system where they teach curators and volunteers all about particular subjects to spread the knowledge, basically. So attending these archaeology courses allowed me to make links with the archaeology department there and then to ask about whether we could borrow the treasure. That was a brilliant exhibition. It was great. It was lovely to work on. And uh, so it was in partnership with National Museum Scotland and Museums Galleries Scotland. And, yeah, it was just great. It was very exciting. It was, and and I remember that there were a lot of visitors to the John Gray Centre Museum. Uh, specifically because the Trapreen treasure was here. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was, was brilliant. And yeah. so it, it was a big event, really, because we had an opening night and 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 there was so... It took... Probably took two years in the planning altogether with writing all the text and then getting everything printed. And our print unit here was fantastic, actually, with helping um, to transform that first gallery into the silver gallery temporarily. So that was great. And then... The Egyptians exhibition that we have now. That's Wonderful. also very exciting. And that's on tour from National Museums. That's right. Um, so, Claire, imagine this scenario. Um, a lucky member of the public gets a golden ticket to spend a specially curated night in the museum store. And you are, of course, uh, in charge of highlighting the items that they will encounter or chance upon during this night at the museum. Uh, experience and you get to select your favorites so let's start with fine art with paintings Mm -hmm. would there be any particular painting that that you would choose uh, to highlight I would highlight um, one of the landscapes painted by William Darling Mackay wow so he was a local artist Mm -hmm. from Gifford I think and he totally captured the East Lothian sky. I love his landscapes. Um, so the light here in East Lothian is so unique and has attracted artists for centuries. Like okay. Robert Noble as well. Yes, yes, absolutely as well. So, yes, we, we have a large collection um, of William Darling Mackay's and, yes, we have a small collection of Nobles as well. And, um, and then also we have a few um, John Bellamy's as well. Of course. Famous artists from Port Seaton. are these paintings normally stored? Yeah, we normally store them um, hanging on racking. We have lots and lots of wire racking that we pull out um, and it's space saving. It allows you to hang oh. these big paintings up um, and store them properly. And, um, and as I said, they're in the museum store that is carefully controlled for humidity and temperature. And also we control in, for environmental pollution. There's a filter, filtration system on the aircon mm. so no uh, pollutants get in and we also um, have pest traps down all wow. over the place so we make sure that there aren't any nasty museum pests around anything that could eat through Gosh. objects which would be horrendous absolutely do these paintings see the light of day and if they do when does this happen mm, so we have actually got a few hundred paintings on display throughout the whole of the council area anyway um, so they are in libraries, 
and schools and uh, places like the Brunton Hall and various council offices um, and we check them periodically. We make a, uh, a check of all of these paintings to make sure they're okay and if any have been out for too long they come back to the store for a rest and then we will replace them with a different painting. So we try to rotate them and then if there is a particular exhibition coming up then paintings will come out for that. So a few years ago we had a coastal landscapes exhibition in a temporary gallery and lots of our uh, lovely landscapes came out for that. Absolutely, that's great. Now uh, let's move on to objects Mm -hmm. or or, or even groups of objects. Uh, What kind of objects uh, would you highlight? Would they be jewellery or crockery or Mm. something else? I would would highlight, um, we have some beautiful um, archaeological objects Mm -hmm. um, that came to us relatively recently through the treasure trove system. And uh, one of them is an Iron Age horse harness. Wow. So it was a a four-pronged piece of metal and it's decorated with enamel. And the yellow and red enameling is still visible on this this piece of um, of horse uh, decoration, if you like. So it joined various pieces of of the reins, harness system of the horse, uh, on the horse. And it was probably buried. The archaeologists think it wouldn't have been lost. It was such a prestigious ornament, if you like, that it it was deliberately buried, probably. Uh, But so that was recently found by a metal detector and they um, handed it in via the treasure trove system and it was claimed by the Crown as treasure and then East Lothian Museums applied to have it in our collection and we got it and uh, so that's it's absolutely stunning to think it's so old and well you you know from your description you know I'm thinking about the craftsmanship involved Mm, yes Yes. Goodness me. Yeah, it uh, has almost scroll work on it. And um, I, I don't think it's on the website yet. It's been photographed and it's on our collections database, but we are still gradually updating our collections database to feed into the John Gray Centre website. So I don't think there's an image of it yet on the website. Okay, uh, so that, that is uh, possibly so, coming soon. Yes, that yes. will come. And we also have quite a lot of equestrian um, decoration like um, lots of horse harness pendants I see. Um, that have been found by metal detectors in the last decade and have come to us. And um, yeah, so they're lovely. What I understand is that some of these uh, horse pendants sometimes show a heraldry pe- pattern. That's right, yes, yeah. Some of them uh, certainly do show heraldry and mm. uh, links to France on some of them. Oh, and, yeah. That, that's what I understand. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine... You know, um, there's there's history behind that and and linkages Absolutely. to yep. to all all these uh, uh, families. Mm-hmm. So that's that's wonderful. Now, um, do these archaeological objects also um, get uh, to be shown in in exhibitions occasionally or yes, displays? Yeah. So there's a annual fortnightly archaeology exhibition, and if the archaeologists want to display particular things we can always facilitate that they're very happy to um, put any objects out on exhibition as long as they're not going to be damaged or they haven't been exhibited Um, 
and in costume, we like to say that something should only be exhibited for one year mm-hmm. out of ten. Oh. Because of the damage that light can do. Absolutely. With fading textiles. Absolutely. Now, coming back to these, um, th- these pendants, uh, mm-hmm. how are they stored? Do you have to wrap them up in, in special uh, fabric or put them in a special acid-free box? Yes, yeah, so we keep them um, in acid-free tissue paper lying on a piece of plastisote, which is an inert, spongy sort of material, and then they're stored within a plastic box, a little perspex box. I see. And then all in a drawer. So and they and everything in the museum collection has a unique identifiable number. Of course. And when they come out for display, mm-hmm. do they have to stay in this in this perspex? No, box? they can be mounted on a piece okay. of plastic oak, for example, to display them or or we can fasten them onto perspex mounts so you can only see the pendant itself and not the rest of the mount that it's on ah. so whichever is the most appropriate way to display them there's a trick to it island. yes there is a trick to it yes <laughs> and i've learned a lot about displaying objects that's great in my time here <laughs> that's great now um i have been very fascinated by um costumes and and uniforms and you've you've mentioned uh, you know your experience with with handling uh uh you know these costumes uh so i'm fascinated you know uh with clothing styles which vary between cultures around the world and and also how they have changed uh through the ages and i know that in the john gray center museum you have displayed some very lovely old dresses mm-hmm. Um, are there any favourites or special costumes that, that you would draw attention to? Mm, yes, certainly. I would draw attention to our wedding dress collection. So we had a few of them out a few years ago in Dunbar Townhouse Museum and Gallery when they were doing a wedding fair um, and to highlight that you could get married in Dunbar Townhouse. And um, so we put a few out. And uh, we have wedding dresses over the decades, really, from 1890s, 1900s, 1910s, mm. 1920s. And one of my favourites is um, the Moody collection. So uh, Mr Moody married um, Miss Jean Vass uh, in the 1920s, I think. Yes. And um, we have that wedding dress. And I think we have the bridesmaid's dress as well and her going wow. away outfit. So wow. that's a lovely collection. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. And we have dresses from the 40s and 50s. And um, yes, it's lovely how the style has changed. You can see how the fashion has changed. Absolutely. So we have a knee-length wedding dress from oh. the 50s. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's really you know, different. I suppose it's, um, these items are also functioning as a record yes. of, of yeah. the times, yeah. a physical yeah. uh, record. Yeah. And I, I think wedding dresses are, are popular. Yes. And, and some of these old styles um, are rehashed. Or, or given, given uh, you know, a slight uh, alteration or modification in style, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't you think? Yeah. Um, so you like uh, the, the wedding dresses. Are there mm. any other types of costumes? What, what other costumes or uniforms? Yeah, we have a um, collection of military uniforms as yeah. well um, from World War One and World War Two, And we have, 
we have a collection of jackets from the Lothian and Borders yes. Force Yeomanry, um, and we still have links with the army, um, uh-huh. with the modern day. Uh, what's the word? Who have followed on from Lothian, Lothian and Borders Yeomanry, yes. uh, and we have objects um, on loan to them up at the barracks. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and how are costumes kept and or looked after? Yeah, so uh, depending on the costume, if it's suitable to hang from a hanger, that it's not heavy. For example, we have a beautiful silk dress which is heavily beaded. Uh-huh. That can't hang for too long because yeah. of the weight of the yeah. beading would put stress on the seams. So that's lying down in a box wrapped in tissue paper and all padded so it doesn't get creased whereas other things heavy coats for example mm-hmm. um can hang so we have a wardrobe area in the store okay and um so hanging objects are all stored in individual bags so we use material called tyvek which is waterproof and tear proof and and uh, pest proof and articles of clothing hang in those bags wow and then with a the label on the outside of the bag so you can find everything Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of um, precision and, and care involved mm, yes, in, yes, in looking after yes, these objects yes, and costumes, etc. Yes. Actually, I would highlight as well our banners. We have a collection of banners that date back to, I think the oldest is 1756, I think. It's Amazing. Haddington Weaver's banner. Yes. A silk banner that was on display here at one point, but is now resting from the daylight in the store. And our banners are also have a particular way of being stored. They are rolled around big tubes, padded uh-huh. and wrapped in acid-free tissue and layers and layers of tissue so that none of the material can touch each other. It's I all see. rolled round and then they're on a big tube on a pole suspended in a different sort of racking. I so see. there's no weight on any part of the banner. Uh-huh. Wow. That's a lot of work. And, and do you yes. have to handle this all by yourself? Not all by myself. I am the um, uh, only paid employee doing collections work, but I have other colleagues that can help me when I need to. But I also have a fabulous team of volunteers, mm-hmm. uh, collections volunteers, who come and help me with various aspects in the store. And I couldn't do my job without them, really. They are invaluable. Uh, sadly, because of covid they haven't been able to come in, but we're really hoping we'll be able to start again soon. Um, we have a collection of boxes, uh, topic boxes that go out to primary schools. And one of my volunteers has basically run that for me. She's been so invaluable. What? Other objects in uh, the museum's collection would you consider to be your favourites or oh, amongst your yeah. favourites? So uh, being a uh, zoologist originally, my, f- my favourites are the natural history yes. side of things. And then we have um, some wonderful, beautiful stuffed animals that were um, given to us fairly recently. And there is a fantastic Mr. Fox, I call him. He's a beautiful fox sitting in a box. I've seen him. He, he is indeed a fantastic yes. Mr. Fox. He yes, is. he is. He's gorgeous. Um, and um, the taxidermy is amazing, really. Some of the birds and the way they're mounted on twigs and 
they're just so realistic. Um, it's an absolute skill, I think. For... Now, um, apart from, you know, we see these taxidermy uh, items in, in other bigger museums, etc. Here in East Lothian, um, when do these uh, items, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, come out uh, for display? And, and, you know, what, what events are they used for or, or activities? Mm. So um, the rangers will borrow lots of these animals, but then also our other museums will have them on display. So in the Powerhouse Museum at Preston Grange, mm-hmm. where we have a nature display, lots of these animals are out there in cases. And also Musselburgh Museum recently borrowed a whole lot of our bird collection because mm-hmm. they were having a photography display and used lots of birds and and the stuffed otter for their display. So they will come out for exhibitions and for educational purposes. For educational purposes, yeah. yes. I remember that fantastic uh, Mr Fox uh, thoroughly enthralled the primary school children mm-hmm. who visited John Gray Centre Museum. They all wanted to touch it. Mm-hmm. And do you allow them to touch yeah, the, these items? Yeah, the recent taxidermy doesn't have any nasty chemicals in, so they can be stroked. Obviously, we have to limit that a bit because um, we don't want all the fur rubbing away. Because <laughs> you could imagine them going a bit bald. Absolutely. Of, <laughs> on the ears, for example. <laughs> so we limit that. And of course, with... Uh, the current situation, nothing mm, is being not. touched. Um, but yes, they can come out for handling and stroking. And the badgers, for example, can yeah. be stroked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, apart from uh, these items, are there any jewellery pieces or pottery that, that you particularly like? Well, you mentioned the SWRI pottery, and that's lovely. Yes. And then we we actually have a lot of pottery on display up at Preston Grange at the moment in the visitor centre. Okay. And um, that's a selection of pottery mm-hmm. made in East Lothian yeah. over the decades, really. Of course. So yes, uh, and, and in Preston Pans as yes, well. Yeah, Absolutely. That's right. yes. So it's a piece there that's a couple of hundred years old. Yeah. Um, and then we have more recent pieces from the 70s. So that's okay. a lovely display in that case. Wow, it certainly sounds like, um, well, the person, the lucky person who will be spending a night at East Lothian Museum store would be thoroughly enlightened by, by these items that, that you've chosen uh, and possibly the history behind it. So um, at this point, I'd also like to highlight to our listeners that there are several museums around the county run by East Lothian Museum Service. And, and Claire has mentioned some of them, um, such as the John Muir Birthplace in Dunbar, Preston Grange Museum in Preston Pans, um, the Dunbar Townhouse, and of course, the John Gray Centre Museum in Haddington. These museums provide a fascinating insight into East Lothian's agricultural, maritime, community, trade and industrial heritage. If you would like to visit the museums, please do check their opening times online or on the various social media platforms. Or you can even get information at any of the East Lothian branch libraries. And you can also email any questions relating to museums to elms at eastlothian.gov.uk. So finally, Claire, do you have any uh, any other things to highlight or anything else to say today? I would say uh, you could also see uh, lots of our collection objects up at the Coastal Communities Museum in North Berwick. Absolutely. And there are lots of our birds on display there as well. 
and as I said, Musselburgh exhibition opening next month on pottery. Um, but I would I would look forward to welcoming this uh, lucky visitor to the store with me to show them all the interesting, fascinating things um, that we have. I'm sure I've forgotten some of the things we have, but it's a great big store. We have probably 14,000 objects altogether, uh, ranging from tiny archaeological objects to big steam locomotives. Wow. And our uh, number six steam train lives up at Bowness and Keneal Railway Station at My the goodness. moment. And My comes goodness. out and is used on the Thomas the Tank days. Wow. So the collection is very varied. V very varied indeed. That's absolutely great. Um, so very many thanks, Claire, for sharing your knowledge, your expertise with us, and, and for pointing out all these wonderful displays and, and, and museums uh, that, that we can all visit uh, and enjoy. Uh, I hope you will come back and do another podcast with me in the future. Yes, thank you, Anita. Well, that's it, folks. Do look out for more conversations between me and various heritage experts and local historians in future episodes of Haddington Shire Histories. Thank you and goodbye.